Welcome back to another show of Music Matters Podcast. Today we've got Tansy Sayadi. Is that how you say your name, isn't it? Yeah, Sayadi. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Welcome back to the show, Tansy. Well, I say welcome back. (laughs) Obviously, no one really knows that we've already done this episode and it kind of went a bit sideways. But we're doing it again. So, welcome to the show. Thank you. (laughs) Your first ever time. Yes. Yeah. How's things? Things are good. I am... I say that because I'm kind of at this um, pivot in my life where, like, I am, I'm just like on this like fast track of just like doing normalcy, and I know that the next few months things are going to start changing and work might be coming back. So I'm just trying to stay as content and like as you know open minded about how the future is going to go right now. How's, how's Gorgamish going? Good, good. We're hoping, um, you know, fingers crossed that we will be opening within the next few weeks. Um, and if all goes as planned, then um, I will actually be doing my first show back under TS Events in November with one of my favorite artists ever. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that if things do go as planned. That sounds pretty so. exciting. Are we allowed to know who the artist is yet or not? And not yet. Just not yet? Okay. only because if I announce it now and then people hear about it and it doesn't happen, I feel like I will feel more let down than maybe other people. Yeah, yeah, for so. sure. I'll tell yeah. you what, before we talk about Gorgamish and yeah. the future, how about we start in the past? Start you yourself, us, yeah. yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself. All right, okay. where are you from, where are your family's from, when you moved to Vancouver, and that kind of thing. Yeah, okay, so for those of you who have never seen my face or my orange head, uh, I'm Tansy, <laughs> and uh, I own the company TS Events, and I've also managed various artists from time to time, helped here and there, dabbled in that, and um, yeah, I grew up in Iran, and then I moved to Canada when I was seven years old with my mom and my lung younger brother so that was an interesting move coming from a you know country where I had my whole family there and then all of a sudden being in a country where I didn't understand the language or the culture really for sure was uh definitely very it was a it was a wild experience for sure it's a game changer eh? yeah it went from having my family around my grandparents who I was like very close with they like practically raised me mm-hmm. and to suddenly having just my mom and my mom wasn't around as much because she had to like work and you know support two kids and I didn't really understand what that really was and so um it took a while to adjust and then all of a sudden I you know didn't have the same group of friends that I've had since like you know kindergarten and um now I'm just with a bunch of kids that I don't understand what they're saying like yeah you know, 99% of the time. That must have been quite the transition at seven years old. Yes, it was. Um, I definitely was a little bit angry and frustrated for like a number of years um, just because I didn't understand why my mom thought it was a good idea to like rip up this like, you know, good life that we had to bring us to another country where we're like poor and like don't have a lot of things. Mm. And then... As I got older and as I began to, you know, develop into a human being, um, you know, I started to realize that, like, my mom actually, you know, gave my brother and I the best gift that any, you know, immigrant parent can. And that's, like, the freedom to be able to make our own choices, you know. 
So I'm super thankful for that because I wouldn't be, you know, me that I am today with my appearance and everything that I do if it wasn't for the fact that my mom gave up a lot in her life to bring us here. That's Um, awesome. Yeah. So for the better good then? Oh, yeah. 100%. I think every immigrant that's moved out of where they were can agree that they love where they're from, Mm -hmm. but they left because they wouldn't be able to be where they are if they didn't. Mm -hmm. I think that's the beautiful thing about Canada, to be fair. It's such, and again, where we are on the lower mainland, it's such a multicultural society. Oh, yeah. There's just so many immigrants. Yeah, I love it. If that's what we are. Yeah, I fucking love it so much. I, you know, honestly, I'm so thankful. You know, sometimes I'm like, you know, Vancouver gets a little boring. But honestly, um, I'm so thankful that I grew up here because there's just so many different cultures and I've been exposed to so many different, you know, types of people and their culture that like now when I'm traveling, you know, or like going to a different country, I have like a better understanding of that culture. And I'm like, these things are like a part of their culture. And like, I respect it a lot more now Mm -hmm. because I kind of know a little bit more about it. And I'm very thankful for that because I didn't just grow up somewhere where there's only, you know, one type of person and, you know, I haven't been exposed to anything at all. So it helps you out, get a bit more uh, sort of blending a bit more with, if you go to another country, like, I don't know, you say you went to India. Yeah. Indian culture's huge here. You go to India, you can kind of get with it a bit more, right? You wouldn't stand out because you know what the culture is, learning that here. And Yeah, and for sorry, sure. Right? I feel like a lot of people sometimes often are like, oh, this person is, you know, like rude or, you know, something that they don't understand. They're like, I don't get this. Mm-hmm. But when you actually, like, take the time and educate yourself on someone's, you know, culture and stuff like you're like oh okay this like makes a lot more sense mm-hmm. but at the same time i'm also a believer that you know if you do move to a different country you should also be respectful of the culture that's part of that country mm-hmm. you know Absolutely. like i, I agree. feel like sure, yeah. i agree with that yeah 100%. so for me like morally i carry a lot of things that i've you know grown up in iran that i still follow and like you know from my mom but at the same time i'm like i grew up in canada so there's a lot of things about you know canadian culture and canada's like past and all this other stuff that i was like i need to educate myself on this as well Mm -hmm. and be aware of this because now i'm i'm living here and i'm part of like this society Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i need to like you know respect that as well yeah for sure but yeah so growing up in in canada then as a child and having left the country you came from um obviously you were seven when you left so Mm -hmm. i don't know how into music you were then but growing up in canada as a youngster kind of what were your music influences were you the typical teenager that liked your pop and stuff or yeah actually so i've loved electronic dance music for like ever like dance music has always been in my life Mm -hmm. um so going back to growing up in iran my family like loved to throw parties and i feel like that's where i get my party troll genes from (laughs) um because my family actually loved to throw like big extravagant like persian parties where they'd be like oh like a hundred people like crammed in this like place and like everyone's just like having a time dancing i was like dancing like 
I don't know, when I was like five, six years old, like, you know, at these parties. So and you like, remember that before. I remember all yep. those things and like having different types of music. And like my mom actually loves music. Like my mom is probably the reason why I appreciate music, like why I play music in the morning, why I play it like when I take a shower, because she always just had music playing. And um, yeah, when I moved to Canada, um, I started, you know, learning about like the pop music that they have here and some of it like I knew from back home because like, you know, artists like Britney Spears and that kind of stuff, they're kind of known, you know, all around the world kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but then over time, <laughs> 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 but yeah, over time, I started to develop my own um, taste in music even more. And I my the first like band I ever fell in love with that I still love is Our Lady Peace. Yeah, got, yeah, so got. I, I don't know. Oh, oh really? Oh, there we go. You two both got now and now. I'd be like, oh, you don't know them? Yeah, wow. so they're actually a Canadian band okay. as well. And um, they were kind of like one of the first few that I like really fell in love with. And then after that, it just kind of started like opening more holes, you know. Um, and then my brother and I, um, my brother's two years younger than me. So we kind of did a lot of the things together like at home growing up. And we had, oh my gosh, LimeWire. I was just like trying to remember the name yeah, of it. Yeah, that was like and a Yeah, Napster. Yeah. And this is when we had like, you know, a computer. And I, I swear, I feel like we had like dial-up internet at that time. I don't remember. But anyways, we had LimeWire. And we found this DJ named Tiesto on LimeWire. And my brother's like, well, let's just like download this. So we did. And um, <laughs> it was like Tiesto's In Search of Sunrise. Like I don't remember what volume it was. But we started listening to that music at that time. And I was probably like, I don't know. 13, 14 mm. years old. And was old. that pretty much your first electronic real experience? Yeah, so that you I really appreciated that I really much? appreciated and yeah. I fell in love with it. And then I used to follow Skrillex before yeah. Skrillex became Skrillex. He was like He in, was cool back in the day. He I was thought. he's still cool. Yeah. I really love him, but yeah, I know he a lot of people feel different about the whole dubstep thing that he did. Yeah, so I followed Skrillex before they became Skrillex musically. So then when they became Skrillex, I was like listening to trance music but there wasn't really called trance back i don't know like everything just was kind of electronic music or yeah, yeah. you'd call everything techno yeah so then i started listening to dubstep and i was like whoa okay this side of music i like it but like not as much as i like trance music and then when i was about i think 17 that's when i like you know somewhat transitioned from like my emo phase of like just listening to like emo music to like more electronic music um and then to this day i feel like it's kind of split in time i listen to like electronic music or i go back to like emo music it's kind of just that's yeah it's yeah been, it comes in waves it's been like that isn't it like when um you were back in the 80s it was the punk the punk era wasn't it and then it went to yeah it went from kind of punk to then the rave Obviously, the grunge kind of thing came in, so there was the split between the ravers and the grungy kind of, you know, Nirvana, yeah, Pearl mm -hmm. Jam kind of thing was happening when yeah. I was younger. Right? Yeah, I really love Nirvana. Nirvana, Nirvana's wicked. Yeah, yeah, Nirvana's still, great. still love listening to it, and you know, it's funny because I like, you know, listen to like My Chemical Romance, like mm -hmm. Taking Back Sunday, like all these these bands, and then. I'm listening to them now and I'm 28 and these like they released a bunch of music when I was like you know 14 15 years old and I'm like I used to feel like that music really got me then and then now I listen to it you know in my late 20s and I'm just like 
no, this actually makes a lot more sense now, but I don't know what I was going through when I was like 15 where I thought this was like, this really got me. But you mm-hmm. know, it's just like, I just feel like you know, you kind of understand the artist because they would have been like the age I am now mm-hmm. when they when released they those it. tracks. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And so I'm like, oh my God, this track makes, like I appreciate it even more now because I like can relate, like actually relate to some of the things that is being said through the message of the music. Yeah. Rather than like the feeling you get when you were like a kid, you're like, oh yeah. yeah. Well, actually, no, the 2000s emo music is kind of coming back now. I love the it. style of pop music now is turning more with the guitar and a bit more rocky, yeah. a bit more emo is coming back. Even the fashion's a little bit more coming back from 2000 now, I think. I'm loving that there is butterflies on everything now because I <laughs> love butterflies and I'm glad that like butterfly clips and like accessories and like chokers are coming back because it just means i can find everything i've been wearing for like forever like easier yeah it's just easier to find though i don't have to just order it online because everyone's just like selling it now um definitely wish i kept some of my like you know band shirts and stuff because i see everyone's like into buying vintage shirts now and i was like oh like i wish i kept a lot of my stuff oh i wish i'd kept so much of my stuff from back in the day yeah like and we've we've done a, a you know a podcast on just the flyers we talked about it before when you were yeah. at, my, at my place last time the some of those flyers now people are paying seven hundred dollars yeah for a piece of paper yep from an yeah. event yeah from the nineties if yeah. it goes back to nineteen eighty eight or nineteen eighty nine you're paying even more than that for it that's, that's yeah crazy. for, an for a piece of paper and that's for an like, event yeah do you know what I mean like, yeah t-shirts hoodies hats yeah. anything that people have had membership cards that's crazy like if you're a member of a club so because again back in the day the rave clubs to get around the law yeah they were private clubs yeah so you were a member yeah so about uh private cars clubs. yeah oh. clubs uh gorgamish used to have these uh vip cards called the gold card um i have one of those cards so i've kept it in I a would safe shoe box. Yep. Uh, actually, it's not a shoe box. It's like a big box from like Dolce and Gabbana that I had like this set from, and I've like now made that like my like little treasure, treasure box. Treasure box. Because yeah, <laughs> it just holds so much stuff. But uh, yeah, I have one of those, and I've literally kept almost every ticket for like concerts or Gigs. shows oh, or yeah. like you know yeah. even work passes that I've had from like you know working you know backstage Absolutely. or whatever. I have all of that because I am so bad at taking photos and videos like at things i've gone to that i can like pull up that box and be like i remember this 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 but and you, you really know, think no it, and it probably won't ever maybe but you don't know but one day those things might be worth money like mm. i said right now there is guys that they'll have the flyer from the event yeah they've got their ticket stub from yeah. where they got in and they've got their membership card they're and they're framing them, them up. Yeah. That's crazy. You know I love I mean? that though. Yeah. Oh, I should probably do that for my place. Yeah. Yeah, well, no. Oh, I, I mean, should cool. do that. Right? Yeah. You never know. You might might be worth some money later on. Honestly, like for me, it's the monetary value is It's not about that. It, it's yeah. about the memories. But it's the memories. I wouldn't sell mine. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't ever sell and, any mine. Yeah, I wouldn't ever. sell it either. And I feel like honestly, I don't know if other people can relate to this, like selling things online really stress me out. So I've ended up just like either giving stuff to friends or just like donating it. And I'm like, I hope someone like 
who really enjoys this gets this, gets it, but yeah. I am not going through trying to sell this online. It's just, I've tried a few times and it's just been a very like... Well, one person's garbage thing. is another person's treasure, right? Exactly. So. Exactly. So I guess I was going to sort of ask, seeing as we're talking about parties and events and things, what was your first electronic rave or party that you went to? Do you remember? Y- yes. I'm not sure if I can say the names because i don't want people to be upset with me because i but um (laughs) there used to be some like illegal raves that used to happen before it started getting really popular that i had gone to bush parties yeah warehouses or no no there were like bush like warehouse raves kind of like far off yeah so i went to a couple one of those and then when my friends were starting to get more into it so kind of going back a little bit um, when I was into electronic music, um, it was kind of like looked down on a little bit mm-hmm. in high school because a lot of the association of like drugs and like bad things were. So if you went to raves, you were like known in school for like doing, you know, bad stuff. And um, no, so I would go to those events. Those are really cool. And then when my friends started getting into it, our first like big mainstream thing with my group of friends that were like non waivers was Skrillex actually. That was really cool because they brought up like a whole setup and like everything like the production was amazing and like it was a really good set they played two shows in a row which was really cool and it was an illegal party no it was not it, an illegal party it was a, it was a, it was a it thing was a legit one. Okay. yeah yeah it was a legit one yep. and then i went to started going to contact festival that happened here and i believe i think i want to say skrillex and dead mouse played the first one because contact i think was like only one day before i can't remember chris like so long ago mm-hmm. i'd love to see that now yeah and that was really cool too so that happened and then i started going to more and more shows after i like um entered my 20s because i was focusing on school for a little bit there and then um my first club show back um into the scene that was like i want to start doing stuff in trans music was at 560 um, and it was being thrown on by Twisted Events. And it was Arctic Moon and Indecent Noise um, that were the two artists. And then I was like having such a blast. And I was like, I love like trance music and I want to come into it and I want to like be a promoter. That's pretty much like where it started. Yeah. That's yeah. when you first started really thinking that's what you wanted to do. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. I was like, nice. I don't know what I'm going to do exactly, but I just want to somehow get involved in like these events that happen in the city yeah for sure so so with the we've gone a little bit back to the cultures that you've experienced here from different um cultures in vancouver that's also kind of changed with the same with the music as well right <coughs> the different types of music like you've got uh brands called foreign influence and all these sort of people people from europe that are bringing that sound into the vancouver area as well yeah do you work with these brands and stuff like that pardon me do you work with these brands as well or do you know people that you know run these events and you've what you looking to work with them in the future or yeah i'm uh, oh, so <laughs> sorry sorry no 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 i'm laughing because i am honestly a pain in the ass to work with okay um only because i'm a bit of a control freak and uh, i have like a very specific way i like to work on things and do things i think mm-hmm. anyone that has worked with me can love that and dislike that but Mm -hmm. i'm very honest about it it's just because i'm like we got to do this it's got to be like on a timeline we're gonna get like things done Mm -hmm. um 
and that's not how some people like to work yeah but um if i feel like if you know you click with someone you just know you can work together um and for me i guess like i haven't had a lot of time to sit down and work with other people because i have just my full like my full focus for a while was creating an events company as an independent person and then throwing successful shows and then making sure the number one thing where that the patrons were happy that yeah. was like my number one thing and um now that i've had that and it's been three years successfully doing that i'm now like okay i'm ready to do collaborations with other people you know exploring and maybe doing some other stuff um and unfortunately COVID happened so there mm -hmm. hasn't been a lot of room for that but now going forward i'm definitely very much looking forward to working with other people yeah did you yeah. build up your um did you build up your network through creating events or did you go to a load of parties to build your network up meet people and then be like okay i've met a group of people now i can start running my events and organizing it is that how you kind of went from starting that or did you plan it another way or yeah so i worked for twisted events as a promoter yeah and then the awesome people that i worked with taught me a lot and i asked a lot of questions and then from promoting and like selling tickets i met a lot of the people that i know now um and i was i, I went to all types of shows like i'd go to like hard style shows i'd go to like you know more mainstream shows like i don't really just like like one genre of music so mm -hmm. i'd be kind of at a lot of shows and a lot of those people also were at all those different shows so i got to like connect with a lot of people um because there's like you know i just i don't like when people are like music snobs and they're like we can only listen to like one type of music kind of thing <laughs> i like people that are like i used to be that guy <laughs> i think I we really, all I have really been at some point but yeah it's just cool and then now like when i throw events i kind of like almost know every person in the room yeah which is like super cool because i'm just like yeah i met so and so like at this show or like this and this and it's it's really cool because i feel like people have like entrusted you know me and like my whole crew that works with me at the club for mm -hmm. those events and it's really fucking awesome. It like I honestly just like sometimes when the shows are happening, I like have to like just take a step back and just like watch everybody. That's like my favorite thing to do. And just like just be like, yeah, this is this is really cool. This is, this is sick, like, yeah. yeah, here's 200 people that like I know mm -hmm. in this room and they're all here to they're like they're all here to have fun and like support this thing that I'm doing and it's like a really cool feeling and like you said you've got people behind you as well that are helping like a little family of friends that help yeah um yeah like shout out to Graham and Amy they're like my mom and dad they're the like most amazing people um they took me in um and brought me back into Gorgamish working there. But um, if it wasn't for them, I would have probably never thrown events on my own. Yeah. They were like, nope, you can do this. Like, we know you can and you're ready to do it. So just do it. And to be quite honest, I was at a very low point mentally before I like announced my first show. Mm -hmm. And I kind of was like, okay, you've like been in this industry for a while and you're gonna do this and then if it fails like other people that have tried it it failed and then you'll just move on and that's just gonna be it 
And then I, you know, talked to my good friend Bjorn who played my very first show. And I was like, Bjorn, I'm like, I really love it if you could come and like make your debut here, play for me. And then I had like our whole team from Ava Recordings as well with Somna and like Memory Loss and like Yang. And we all just like had this big show and it was incredible. Like the tickets sold out so fast and yeah, I was just, I was just so happy because, you know, trance had been dead for like a year and a half in the Mm -hmm. city and no one was going to trance shows anymore because of oversaturation. And suddenly everyone's like, no, we want to come and we want to like do this. And Gorgamish was a spot that had not had trance in a while. And they're like, this is like a Saturday night. Trance is happening, you know, and it's like with a headliner and like a whole bunch of locals. So... Has, yeah. any, has any big sort of trance DJs been to Vancouver? Like, I mean, if it's thinking trance, like Armin Van Buren, Tiesto, uh, Ferry Corsten, like all of them. I, I mean, I know they're the most commonly known. That's all. Yeah. But they, like, anyone like that been in Vancouver and played? At Gorgamish? At uh, Gorgamish or in Vancouver in general? Yeah. Like, so like f- uh, actually, no. Um, Armin had uh, um, like a big arena show. Like he played at the PNE, I think it was the PNE Forum. Uh, but Armin doesn't really play trance really anymore, like in his more main stage sets. Okay. It's more like if you go to like a state of trance festival where he like headlines it, he will play like actual trance for like a good hour or play vinyl, which is like incredible. Um, but yeah, Tiesto also does play. He plays mainly like big, like more festivaly shows out here, not club shows. Um, and Ferry actually does play club shows here. Usually he plays at like celebrities nightclub, mm-hmm. which is incredible. Um, he's one of my favorites. I love Ferry. Um, but yeah, like I've, I haven't had the opportunity to bring those guys, um, to Gorg. I think Gorg is a little too small for them. Yeah, maybe. But that's the thing. I do. It's, I like the smaller venues myself, but yeah. I was going to say, I like that small club vibe. We have the smaller amount of people with a big headliner because everyone's like, Boom, you know, like when I saw us in TS at Corsica Studios, it was like 300 people. <laughs> yeah. Royal Cramp, but a big, big headliner. Yeah. And it was like, you're more in contact with the music he plays. And do you have like a festival goer or did you prefer the more smaller club kind of venue or? I have like horrible social anxiety. <laughs> so I still don't know what's actually good for me. I feel like it just both of them cause me stress. But <laughs> um, I like I like festivals mainly because there's a lot of space and Mm -hmm. festivals you know usually include like art installations or like you know carnival rides and like all these really cool things so i'm really into that because it's also like doing something while you're listening to like you know your favorite dj and you're like dressed up really cute whether if you're into that kind of thing um but i'm also into like the club life because you know clubs are like dark creepy kind of little mysterious mm-hmm. or like they could be super like vip you know it just there could be two vibes in a club and mm-hmm. i'm into both um but one of the things that i definitely was very hard on was how many people get to come into the shows and that was like 200 and the only reason why i said that is because i was like these shows will never have vip tables or bottle service everyone is kind of like equal here so I want to create enough dance floor space so that everybody can enjoy the show without being like elbow to elbow 
or just like sweating on someone like i know mm-hmm. some people are into that but i know like a lot of people aren't myself included so you know and then i just was like i want the air conditioning on i'd rather have people be cold than be too hot at shows yeah, yeah, yeah. so you know there's just a lot of small things i just wanted so that people can actually like sit down without being like trampled on because it's you know overcrowded mm-hmm. there's just you know i basically almost like curated the shows so that they would actually be like how i would want them mm-hmm. and then i realized the things that i want are pretty much what a lot of patrons actually want as well mm-hmm. you know clean bathrooms enough toilet paper decent like you know um price drinks and things like that and i was like you got all that you got all of that nice staff staff that move like you know at a good pace getting everyone in and you're not stuck outside waiting for so long and that was another thing too i was like we don't hold people at the door you know you get there right when the show starts and we just start scanning everyone in to get in you know what is the capacity of gorgamish so gorg can actually hold up to about 300 people okay so if you go 200 you're you're still plenty of space and you got rid of the tables did you say no no there is tables but they're not like vip like you know, like bottle service yeah, tables. Yeah. They're yeah, for everyone. Like Anyone can sit thing, there. Right? Yeah. 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 And they're actually out of the way. They're kind of like tucked into the corners so that people can kind of sit and have a break. Um, yeah. And then there's 200, you know, patrons. And then plus like, you know, myself and staff and security. And then, you know, if the artist wants to bring a friend or something. But there is lots of room mm-hmm. for yeah. the patrons. Like lots of room. Um only because I feel like that's how it should be. Yeah. You know, and I'm going to keep it that way. I'm sorry. Forever. I got to admit, I'm kind of, because I'm from the old school a little bit. Yeah. I like the real hot and sweaty. Yeah. Rammed. <laughs> sweat sweat dripping off the ceiling. Yeah. yeah. Kinda, everyone panning <laughs> yeah. around and bumping into each other. That was kind of sure. how I grew up. And like, yeah. I still kind of reminisce on those days, but yeah. I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. And... And I obviously when we went and visited Gorgamish, um, it's nice when you have that space. It's nice sure. when you know there's not people pounding into you and yeah. sweating on you and whatever. Yeah. But like I said, for me, I kind of I don't know. I kinda, yeah. I like getting in the grunge of things and jumping around and getting my funk on. For sure. <laughs> See, I agree with that too. But I feel like it would be for me in that case. It would need to be like a bush party yeah or a warehouse much. party yeah yeah yes, but 100 for a club event where you know i feel like people are going to dress nice or they're going to just you know do their makeup or something and you know you're yeah. like going out to have a good time and you want to be able to like take a break for a sec and you know things are like a bit more organized because i let me tell you i love chaos but like that i just feel like needs to kind of be like put into evaluation there to there's, have some space for people it's very much a, there's, you're yeah. either, it's either this or it's that yeah because it is you're either like, going to this kind of thing exactly or you're going to that kind yeah. of thing yeah and right? you know and, the trans community we are a little bit on the more matured side and i know you know when i went past the age of 25 i was like you know yeah this is kind of gross this is kind of gross and i don't really like this <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I, and I don't go want some... i don't really want you touching me yeah why are you touching me yeah right now? give me my space <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i mean if, if you were like let's go to a bush party and like you know there's no toilets and you're on your own or you got to bring your own toilet paper i'd be like yeah still down to do that but for me like clubs it's mm-hmm. like that's when we sort of step into the whole 
the one-off enjoying the one in the moment thing and then the yeah. club being uh, we're a community and see your regulars kind of thing you yeah know? And you want it to be kind of yeah I want my space a little bit but we rave yeah. all the time every weekend sort of thing yeah and also I love when um people bring their like uh their whips and those little light up I don't want to say balls, but you know those light up things that they have that they spin. They them. spin around. Yeah, oh, I love the, the, the glow dances. Yeah, yes. the glow dances. I'm like into those as long as they're not hurting other people. Um, so sometimes I've seen, you know, uh, a lot of women actually, which is awesome, bring them to the club, mm-hmm. and they're just fucking going at it. And I'm like, you go, girl. Like you get it. And so I like that. And I like that there's room for them to do that and they're not hitting a bunch of people. So it just gives people space to express themselves how they need to. And I feel like at the end of the day, that's like what music is, like mm-hmm. self-expression. Oh, yeah, I, music's I, the biggest thing. I figured out a way to get my, my own little space on the dance floor years ago. It's yeah. super easy. You dance with a bottle of beer in your hand. Okay. okay? And you dance around real widely and, and you just spill it everywhere. And, and you <laughs> spill up, it on people, right? And yeah. when you spill it on people, they just move away from you. Okay. And you end up with your own little circle. And it gets a bit damp because there's beer everywhere, <laughs> right? But there's no one else dancing near you. It's awesome. Yeah. So it costs you a bottle of beer. So depending on where you're dancing, it could be expensive. Yeah. But you'll definitely end up with your own spot on the dance floor. Good so that's my tip to everyone out there. If you want your own little spot on the dance floor, <laughs> grab a bottle of beer. Dance around wildly, spray it everywhere, and you'll have your own spot. So there you go. I feel there'd be more That's... beer on the. I feel there'd be <laughs> yeah. more beer everywhere now than there would be people. Oh my goodness! Yeah. yeah. Or I was just gonna say. Or well, you might just... get kicked out of the club though. That's the only. Yeah, point. I was just gonna say. Wouldn't it be almost better to just fart? Yeah, but that's like really <laughs> antisocial, right? But I guess you can blame other people for that one. Uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So going to uh, the. Gorga Mission, setting up an event. How how was your first time doing it? How did you get about organizing the person, flying them out? Um, you know, sorting them out a hotel, you know, basically being uh, a host for their event till they play your event. How is that whole process going to get them out? Is it a shit show? Not in a bad way, but I mean, like, <laughs> is it like a head fuck and just lots of stress or is it quite plain sailing? Is everything in a row? No. So that's kind of one of the reasons why I am such a fucking control free because mm-hmm. that shit can like literally go bad real fast if you're not on top of it or you're not reading things properly. Mm-hmm. So um, I personally have a really hard time with military time. So if someone writes like, you know, 1405, I have to like literally count with my fingers and like, oh yeah, that's the time that they mean. So, you know, like. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. You know, it's okay. I have no problem admitting to the things I'm bad at, which is like not a lot. Just kidding. There's, but, <laughs> it's not a lot. Um, just that. Just that. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, so they, you know, and then also like a lot of these artists are like in europe or you know australia or you know somewhere not in your own time zone so it's also hard being on the same timeline to talk to their agent so you reach out to their agent first and who's representing them for what area a lot of agents have um agents that are further north america and then they have their europe and asia like you know so you have to kind of make sure you find the right one first but usually if you contact the wrong one they're usually nice and redirect you to the right person And then you basically, you know, reach out in the email, introduce yourself, and sometimes you have to kind of have a bit of a portfolio or can prove you've done, 
these events, maybe with that same artist if you've worked with another company. Mm-hmm. And um, then you kind of say, this is the date I'm looking for. This is my budget. And then your budget can be a landed budget or it could be like plus, you know, all these different types of way to format how you're going to pay the artist. And then um, and then you also write if you're going to be covering ground travel and then hotel is usually something you also have to cover. And then usually the artist agent will reach back out and say, hey, this fee does or does not work for us. Um, and then this is the type of hotel they would require. And then usually the hotel like, you know, has the detailing of what, you know, great or whatever it is and what they would need like all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and then once you like go through everything your dates all confirmed um then they send you your contract with the offer and everything and most agencies for me um you've had to pay a deposit like right away kind of thing as soon as you have everything confirmed Mm -hmm. and then you would pay the other half of the artist's fee like you know 10 to 14 days before the show kind of thing um, and then, you know, the only time that would change is if something happened and the artist can no longer make it, then you would reschedule or something like that. For sure. um, and then, yeah, so then they send you all the artist's flight information and <coughs> you go grab them, pick them up, and then hopefully it's not awkward in the car ride. And then <laughs> uh, you take them to their hotel. Yeah. And um, yeah, you, you usually like go out for dinner or something before the show. And then we have the show. And then... Yeah, another drop off and then they go home or they go to another gig the next day. Yeah, yeah, sure. So that's kind of like the rundown of how it all goes. So stressful or kind of kind of cool? Oh, no, it's, it's fucking stressful. <laughs> yeah. It's well, it it isn't. It isn't. Um, there's certain artists that like I'm good friends with. So when they come here, it's like it's my pal coming yeah, in, it's like you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're like, we know, we've known each other for a while. So one of my favorite human beings on this planet is Rich Solarstone. Um, that's their artist's name. Their full name is Richard. Um, and Rich is one of my favorite human beings. I have worked with them when they've played with other people that I've worked for. And um, he played my, for, uh, for TS events in 2019. And that was probably one of the best shows that I have done. And, um, it was incredible and um yeah i'm hoping that to have richard back sometime later on this year and so yeah when they come it's always a great time because we like you know keep in touch and chat all the time so when they come it's like you know your friends here you're doing this like cool thing together Mm -hmm. and then you know you say goodbye after and you don't know when the next time you're going to see them Mm -hmm. because they're like kind of all over the place but and not just that but with what's going on with covid in the world right now yeah exactly harder right yeah Yeah. it's yeah that's kind of the thing and um yeah covid kind of made me realize how lucky i am and was because i just had all these like incredible connections and incredible experiences and it just it just made me really realize how even more incredible they are because i could no longer do those things absolutely yeah Yeah. Yeah. all of a sudden once they said you can't do this and this yeah then Part of you like knows nothing is permanent in the world, Mm -hmm. but then you actually don't get to do it anymore at all. And you were like, wow, I'm, I was very lucky to be able to do all this. And Mm you you really miss it. I think growing up in our lifetime, we've taken it for granted that we can get on a plane and go wherever we want and see whoever we want. Yeah. You know, our parents, they didn't have that. 
it was in their generation where the you know cheap flights started coming in right you think about it you know your mum she was probably of that generation where when they were younger their parents probably didn't fly over the world to go and travel and go to shows just for a weekend whereas we've grown up in an era where yeah man some people don't think twice about flying across the world to go for a week to go and party somewhere really cool oh yeah like um my so i get my traveling from my grandparents Mm -hmm. my grandparents have traveled like literally all over um and they loved going to japan um so that was uh one of the reasons why i got so into japanese culture too but sorry going back to that yeah they my grandmother um you know when i told her like oh i'm going to like edc and like all these other festivals she'd be like well how many days are you gone for and i'd be like well just for like four or five days she's like what like you're flying there and then you're coming back and then you know i'd go to amsterdam yeah and she'd be like so you're just going for this thing well won't you like go sightsee i'm like oh no i'll do all that too but it's just going to be really crammed in like four or like five days and she'd be like you're crazy like we didn't do that you know back then but she'd also be like you know it's cool that you're doing it because i'd be like i had such a good time right so yeah definitely like we're we're pretty fortunate and blessed that we have those opportunities not yeah again now they're a bit restricted but yes I'm hoping that I can travel again soon. Mm-hmm. I'm going kind of crazy. I'd love to go to Japan. Japan's like the one place I'd oh, love to Japan's go. Japan's incredible. Yeah. I'd love yeah. to go to Japan too. Actually. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. Japan's on my list of places I've always wanted to go. Yeah, you should definitely do it. I tell everyone, you literally are missing out if you haven't gone. Oh. I don't say that about a lot of places, but Japan, I'm like, no, you're definitely missing mm-hmm. out if you have never gone well, there. they got so many weird, cute little animals. Mm-hmm. I want to see all their little cute animals because I don't know what it is about Japan, but they seem to have like cute animals. I don't know what it is. Yeah, and they somehow turn things I know. into I want like a, full, a watermelon. I, I, I want a full hot dinner out of a vending machine. Oh yeah, that was really cool. <laughs> That's what I was going to try. Like you can have a full meal. But you can even go to seven their seven eleven and get a full like actual meal that's like a good quality meal. Like their um yeah, their seven elevens and their lawsons are like they make ours look so ghetto. Like we look like Hastings in comparison to like Well ours are ghetto, let's be honest. Pardon me? Like our 7-Elevens? Yeah. They're ghetto. They are, but like... (laughs) They're not making them look it. They are. They are, but like like in Japan, it's not. No. You know, like that's how... It's like, you know, when you go somewhere nice in Vancouver and then you go to Hastings, like that's the comparison between our 7-Eleven and their 7-Eleven. It's... Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to get a tattoo over there too. That's one of my lifelong dreams. Hand-poked Japanese tattoo. Yeah. Absolutely. Ooh, good luck with that one. No, that'd be good. Yeah. Cool, yeah. It's a bit for that one. <laughs> I ain't got any tattoos. I'm a bit of a wimp. So, yeah. and obviously, because of COVID and everything, do you have any plans for traveling at all coming up? Or are you kind of... I'm holding off for now, um, yeah. only because I, right now, don't know what traveling looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be quite honest... Um, having grown up in a country that like you can't leave unless you like leave somehow like another route in another route yes. yeah yeah um it's kind of like a fear of mine to travel and then be told like you can't leave like yeah. even though if it's like somewhere that i want to be mm-hmm. um it's just a very weird thing that i'm going through right now but so i'm gonna hold off from traveling probably for the next year or so yeah um but i know by the time my birthday rolls around in february i'm gonna be like kit 
going to go on my annual trip somewhere because I usually travel for my birthday. Um, but we'll see. Right now, I kind of just want to like focus being here. Yeah. Because oh. I haven't been up here mentally for a while and I'm starting to feel like I'm coming back mentally. So I kind of just focus on my surroundings. I got to admit for me, I kind of, with everything that's going on, I Canada is such a big, beautiful place anyway. Yeah. I don't need to travel anywhere right now. No. I really don't. I'd like to. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. There's lots of places I'd like to go, but do I need to? Nah. Nah. Not really. Like, you know, we're so lucky here. Yeah. We got everything we want, right? Good we got thing beaches, is... we got parks, we got mountains, we got ocean, we got the island. Like, we're pretty fucking blessed. So Yeah. I feel quite happy to not travel yeah, for a bit. But, I agree. But I but I'm totally with you. I can't wait to actually get on a plane again and go somewhere. Somewhere new. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, I mean, I know a lot of people have heard me even say it. Like, I know Vancouver can be a no-fun city when it comes to nightlife mm-hmm. sometimes, um, especially with all the rules that the city has. But at the end of the day, every time I fly back and I'm in YVR, you know, after going somewhere on a trip, I'm just like, I know some of the things frustrate me, but I'm actually really thankful that I'm here because yeah. I can drive for 15 minutes and be at the ocean or drive 20 minutes, be at the mountains and like get all the different, you know, climates that I want. And I'm breathing clean air. Yeah. Like these are really like things that you don't get everywhere else in the world. You can live in some nice places, but you don't necessarily have all of those things. Yeah, so, like when I lived in London, that was just completely... The air pollution in London is terrible. And yeah. That's kind of why I, like, I came to it Canada. It smelled like pee a lot there. <laughs> I really liked it though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah that it. sounds like London. That sounds like London. Yeah. That's yeah. people that come above to use a lavatory when yeah. they come out of a club or a pub. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, Fucking London. I love London though. Yeah, yeah. mate. London's a great fantastic city. place. It's yeah. cool, yeah. London, uh, mate, uh, again, there's... Uh, I was just talking to someone, actually some random lady at the gas station the other day. Like this is so sideways conversation, <laughs> but anyway, she'd left her window open with a handbag there, and I was like, "Why are you leaving your handbag there, darling? Like you're just gonna get robbed. Like what are you doing?" So then, when she was older, we started talking, and we talked. She she had family back home, and we were talking about London, and yeah, I miss the social side of things, and I, and it's a great city, and England's got some great spots, but I'll be honest with you. I've had a couple of trips where I've gone back home and I've literally landed at YVR and one time I actually did pretty much get down on my hands and knees and kiss the pavement that I was <laughs> I was back in Canada. Yeah. Like, thank yeah. fuck for that, man. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I said, there's so many things I do miss about it. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Touching Everywhere's on... got its pros and cons. Yes. And you make what you make yeah. of it. Yes, but, exactly. But this is a pretty good spot as yeah. far as what we've got goes i think for sure yeah touching on the vancouver nightlife yeah what are the rules that are different from other places that you've been hmm. like that that make that like, from what you say like make vancouver because i we me and craig well me mainly i don't really know vancouver's nightlife that well because i've only been here for three years yeah i mean so what are the rules that make it the way it does well our parties end really early right so you know club shows you know last call it's like at 145 and sometimes clubs stay open till three if like a dj is still playing but most people clear out because you know the the liquor license ends so they're not really serving anymore Mm -hmm. um but it's just like everything kind of shuts down after midnight 
you know, whereas if you go to like New York or like, you know, LA or like even Toronto or like Montreal, there's still like things happening all the time. Mm -hmm. And I feel really bad for a lot of venue owners because I'm sure they'd love to have shows that run later or like do things, you know, after hours type of thing. But people love to complain. Like people love to call the city and like, you know, call for noise complaints and get things shut down. Yeah. And, you know, in my mind, I understand and like respect that. But also like, I'm also kind of like, why did you buy a place that's right next to a music venue? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, like it's just, but you know, I, I just, I, I'm also like, I try to also be respectful of those people and be like, okay, maybe they've like got a baby or something, who knows, but whatever, like obviously the noise bothers them. But that does make it really hard for a lot of venues. Like they have to spend a lot of money like soundproofing, being really strict with like ins and outs because opening the door can also like let noise out kind of thing, right? So it's kind of just like very strict. And then Gorgamish is one of the only legitimate after hours here and it's on the strip. So it's very central for people to get to and from. But aside from that, like there's some awesome like DIY venues that I'm hoping some of them are still around when, you know, the pandemic restrictions are lifted, Mm -hmm. but there isn't a lot going on in the city after hours, Mm -hmm. which to be quite honest, I'm a bit of a night owl. Like my, my brain starts to like turn on at like 11 o'clock and that's when I usually like to start doing stuff. So I'm kind of like, when they're like, oh yeah, the show's ending at like 2 a.m. I'm like, what? Like what are you supposed to do afterwards? Like just (laughs) go home and sleep? starting to enjoy it now. Yeah, Yeah, so, but that's why I love Gorgamish. We open at 2 a.m. and we get like an influx of people coming from different parties and then they're there with us till like 8 or 9 a.m. in the morning if we stay out, like, you know, stay open later. But, and it's cool because, like, you see all these other different types of people, you know, from how they dress and, like, what event they were at, all under one roof. And they're all just enjoying it and doing their own thing where they're, like, meeting new people. Mm-hmm. And I really love that because mm-hmm. it's just kind of, like, a place where it's, like, accepting of everybody. Mm-hmm. It's not a place that's, like only a type of person or you know type of crew goes to yeah 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 so because gorgamish is soundproof to to fuck isn't it so you can get around yes yeah yeah how's that amazing to do that yeah yeah uh, i've i feel like i've been spoiled from working there because like um well first of all i have a really bad hearing problem (coughs) so but like regardless um I go to other venues and I'm like, oh, this sound is like not as good. Mm-hmm. And I'll just be like, like kind of a snob about it, but whatever. But yeah, I, I love our club because it's just got an amazing sound system. It's like we always like decorate it. It's always got like handmade decorations like everywhere that is like unique to the venue. We have like an indoor you know, smoking room that's ventilated that like, you know, people can go and smoke without having to go in and out of the club. Um, you know, we have like our coat check, like we sell snacks, like drinks, you know. Um, so it's, I don't know. It's just one of those places that's like you go in and it has everything you need in there. So you don't need to leave and come back. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, like if you run out of cigarettes in the club, you like go across the street or find like a store to buy some but like gorg has like everything inside so you just like don't need to leave and then yeah, when you do come out cool. the sun's all out so you're kind of like oh yeah. that's why quite is a special the sun feeling. so loud 
that's quite a special feeling coming out of a club when the sun's up oh yeah I, hunted I, them all straight into a cafeteria oh that's <laughs> one of the best things ever yeah uh, you know I, I, I know we've talked about it before Tansy but there was the one club in England called the Eclipse and it was the first one in England that stayed open till 9 o'clock in the morning so it was 9pm 9, 9, 9 till 9am I love 12 that 12 hours hardcore all the way through I love that and you'd be coming out and the parking lot that we all parked in was the parking lot for all the shoppers so all the little mums and dads would be coming out with their kids at nine in the morning to go shopping and we'd all be ripping out the club just in a pretty magic <laughs> magic state of frame you know what I mean? yeah um and then again we've talked about this one space in ibiza yeah space super cool place opens at eight o'clock in the morning on a sunday yeah unbelievable yeah you start dancing as the sun's coming up yeah and you're dancing for 12 hours through the day like just one of the best feelings ever it is and it's honestly so i love things like that because you know like if you're like a troll like me i'm just like let's go from 8 p.m to 8 a.m yeah but then if you're like you know a sensible person where you're like okay i'm gonna sleep and you know have some food and show up to the party later you can go at like 2 a.m and the party's going. Oh, it's, that's yeah, it's just yeah. got going, can, really. Yeah. yeah. Right? And it's awesome because then it just, like, provides a time for everyone to go. And I just love that. Because mm -hmm. I used to, when I was a patron at Gorgamish, I'd, like, freaking sleep till, like, midnight or yeah, something. Yeah, and then just get up and go. And then get up. And yeah. I'm like, hey, time to, like, look cute. And then, like, go and, like, be out till, like, 10 a.m. the next day. Mm -hmm. But... That was fun because I was just like, I'm like, I really don't enjoy right now going clubbing at like 9 p.m. Mm -hmm. Like everyone else says, I'd rather go after hours where it's like better for my timeline. Yeah. So that was really fun. And then also like I met all the other like night owls and weirdos. Like, so I loved it. <laughs> so yeah. You know it, eh? <laughs> yeah. So talking of uh, going to the clubs and being a night owl, where's the best club you've been to or the best event you've ever been to? Not just in Vancouver, anywhere you've attended around the world that stood out to you the most mm, and why did it question. stand out to you the most? My, so there's two. The first one would be Womb Nightclub in Tokyo. Um, I was very lucky to work an event there when I was working with Ava Recordings. We had a full like night um, where it was just an Ava night at Womb, um, where my friend uh, Bjorn, who also played for my event, was playing um, with artists like Rinaline, Somna, and just amazing artists under Ava. Um, and then my second would probably have to be um, going to London. Um, I actually really enjoyed going to The Egg. I've been to Egg till 11 in the morning. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't the club itself that I really liked. It was actually like the culture in London because people were like so outgoing and like just so like in the mode to like party. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like they were just like, yeah, man, like let's let's get you a shot. Like you're Canadian, like let's get you drinks, girl. Like let's go. And then in <laughs> contrast, when I was in Japan, those guys like know how to fucking rage too, but they're like super respectful where they're like okay i'm probably not going to offer to buy you a million shots at the bar but i'll offer you like a drink and then still give you your space 
Whereas like people on London are like in your face you and they're like, you got, yeah, you got to do this. And I feel like it, <laughs> Come kind of, on. yeah. I, and I'm just kind of like, it matches my two moods where I'm like, okay, calm and respectful. And then there's like my like insane side where I'm like, no, like let's do this like right now. So I really appreciate both of those things. Um, yeah, those are that's my two favorite. I think stories. that's quite an English party people kind of thing. Oh, I love English. Oh fuck yeah, man! When, like when you it's, on, it's on, it's on. Yeah. If it's I loved if it's it. game on, it's game on. And you know yeah. the cool thing was too, if they if you were like fucked up and you like there's no judgment passed. No fucking They're like, way. Here, oh my mate, God. we're gonna help oh, you out. Every single person has been in that spot. Yeah. Every single person has had to survive it and they've all had their buddies pick them up and drag them home yeah. and say, Come on, bud, you're all right. Yeah. They might take some photographs, draw on your face, you might get a dick on your forehead, <laughs> something like that. But, but that's just but you're gonna get home safely yeah. for sure you know what I mean and like. that's how it should always be too right like your mates should take care Absolutely. of you oh they do but they live right? in like crazy they live in the floor and you're like you're alright and they go you're like nah man I'm not well here's a smoke that'll sort you out yeah <laughs> yeah so that's yeah. pretty much what it's like when you go out in London for sure I haven't been out in London for a long time Jesus I want to no. go back no can yeah. you think of the last place I went out in London actually Ministry was no ministry. I went ministry, uh, fabric, fabrics, fabrics, really cool too. Fabric's fucking sick. Yeah, I I never made it to fabric, did ministry, did labyrinth, and now they've got since I've been here, they've got uh, print works, the drum shed, like they're all you know, the big. Mm-hmm. Printing place for everyone. Yeah, was you London. showed me the print, but that looks like yeah. an amazing venue. Oh man, yeah, that's really last good. one. I think I went to in the UK that was a good venue was the Warehouse Project in Manchester. That's cool. that was wicked one as well. Yeah, right there. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. I didn't get to go, but yeah, no, that was that's maybe one day. Venue. That was yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That, like I said, that's up there on my venues of all time, actually. <laughs> To be honest with you. Yeah. So moving forward with Vancouver's nightlife, how do you see it going and getting bigger? What sort of can we all do to make it a better sort of experience for Vancouver's nightlife? Because it'd be nice to put Vancouver on the on the clubbing map, you know, and make it yeah. kind of somewhere like that. Yeah. I think actually tying into that, I think it's getting there, to be fair. It I is. I, yeah, I, mean, I, think I didn't is, mean, yeah. really mean to cut off on that question because no. I think that's a great question. But it kind of ties in with, obviously, local artists. I think right now there's some really good local artists around that are bringing Vancouver into that kind of forefront, don't you think? Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. There are some really incredible um, producers in this city, and some of them I'm so proud to call friends. Um, And I really just hope that they blow up and get the recognition that they deserve. Uh, but no, Vancouver is definitely full of lots of talented people. Mm-hmm. Um, I am hoping that with the pandemic, that these people will push forward the new people and try to step up. I know that there's a lot of oldies in our community that have kind of taken spots, but I'm hoping now like newer artists will just emerge more and like push forward because we have a lot of hidden talent in this city and um Another way to support the nightlife scene is stop asking for a guest list. Oh like, man, don't even get me started on that. Please, yeah. please, plus, like plus for, yeah, like, you know, yeah. for, if it's, you know, I don't want to just say this, but if it's for a big company that, you know, has like 
multiple you know assets or things like that mm -hmm. i get it if you want to ask for guest list they can support that but if it's people that are like you know two people or one person like myself that are running events please don't ask us for guest list you yeah. know like it's it it might mean a very small thing to the person like it's not a big deal but literally so much time goes into planning events and the costs and all this other stuff and you know personally myself i like to pay people like a fair like good amount of money mm -hmm. when they work for my shows or any type of work i do so you know if you were asking for a list it's kind of taking budget away that can be paid for people to make the production of the show better mm -hmm. yeah you know so because all your mates come out of the woodwork when you're running the night you're like oh mate uh, yeah guest list or something like, but i'm know? very lucky and i haven't had too much of an issue with that like i feel like the people have really been supportive but i again also i'm very open if like someone financially can't come to an event but they really want to come i've always left the door open that like hey just shoot me a message and I'll cover you this time. And then when you are able to put money down, buy someone else's ticket for another show in the future. Mm -hmm, that's yeah. kind of my thing, you yeah. know? Cause yeah, there fair. was, fair, yeah. yeah, there was times when I was younger and I didn't have like a ton of money, but still wanted to go out and yeah. was able to like get on lists and stuff, which I'm super thankful for. But now it's kind of like, just pass that kindness along, you know, and just support people. Cause mm -hmm. you know, some of us want to do this for our livelihood, but we can't do it without the support of, the patron mm -hmm. yeah. okay yeah okay totally so what's the future now for yourself moving forward with everything um me yeah. so um i'm definitely gonna be doing events yeah uh probably gonna come back even better stronger and like more grounded than before um still I, ts events still ts events yep yep still tansy and just um I definitely had a lot of doubt and a lot of like self-infliction during the pandemic because I almost kind of like didn't know who I was, you know, being the girl that like did events and like, mm -hmm. you know, did all these fun things. Um, but I used COVID as a time to just kind of step back and like work through some of my other personal things that were going on. And now that I've kind of dealt with all a lot of that, I'm now I feel like I'm in a way better headspace to be able to like jump back into something that really is needing all my attention. And I'm mm. even more focused than before. So I'm really genuinely stoked for people to see the new acts and the new artists that I'll be bringing. Um, I will be bringing some of the artists that I have worked with in the past for events but my focus now is to just bring in who i like to listen to now mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. might not be the same people but it might, might also some of them be so it just it's going to be different than it was before for sure i was gonna say is it going to be slightly different from your yeah. previous shows? yeah i um, want to keep things different yeah. and i want to bring some people back that i have before but i feel like it is time for new faces to come and for people to hear new music in the city um and i'm and i'm confident that i'll have the same support that i've had throughout all the other shows for bringing new faces into the shows awesome so for that's sure. super cool that's yeah. Right. yeah and actually this almost kind of whips us back to the you know the b beginning of it of the conversation but so when are you thinking of doing your first one when is when is the actual what what did you have any kind of date yeah you can give us? i think i can give the date right. november 27th november 27th saturday 
save that date that will be the date of the first show and ts events coming awesome. back so but and that's going to be at gorgamish gorgamish hopefully yep yeah yep awesome. we'll see is there any new sort of uh things happening in gorgamish like changes that from different before like any renos any i can't of? say anything right now but yep. i will say that those that will be coming will definitely be enjoying their stay Okay. And I know that, yeah, they're just going to have a really good fucking time coming to going see now, Just to see what it's like. She's <laughs> <laughs> <Just> selling it. <laughs> if yeah. they've upgraded the sound system, that's going to blow my mind because the sound system sounded fucking amazing anyway. It was good. Oh. So, yeah. if, they, if they even spent any more money on that, <laughs> then I'm in. Right? There. Yeah, because obviously good sound sound system, you don't go for out of ringing. To, for me. You don't yeah. go out of bed. Yeah. Yeah, but when I went to Gorgamish, I didn't have that. When you go to some of these clubs, they redline the mix sites, super loud, screechy, distorted. I no, didn't have you that. couldn't say that about Gorgamish. No, you couldn't yeah. say that. Gorgamish. So yeah. if you put more money in that to make it even better, then yeah. I'd be like, oh, fucking. No, shit. yeah, there's, um, we definitely have some surprises up our sleeves. I just can't say anything oh, publicly. Exciting. So I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm honestly so excited to just be in the club. Like I'm probably going to cry like just going through the doors and just being with my whole my family there like they're honestly like my family so and I haven't seen a lot of these people at all like because of the pandemic and all that stuff so I'm really excited I'm I'm also a little bit anxious because I know there's going to be a high demand for nightlife absolutely and um, you just don't know right there's a lot of unknown you don't Mm -hmm. know how long it's going to last and whether this you know this need for it is going to last a long time or it's going to die out really fast oh I think it's going to I think people are going to go 10 times I harder. I think it's going to yeah. go 10 times harder. But, yeah. I think, but I think regardless, I, I'm just going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Like, While you can. Yeah. I think, uh, again, looking at what, you know, what's going on in Europe as they've opened up their doors and things, people have gone out even harder because they realized how lucky they were before yeah. and that they took it for granted and didn't use it enough. And that Definitely. once it was taken away, that they were like, fuck me, I can't do that now. Mm-hmm. Oh, f- but I really want yeah. to. And, and yeah. as soon as it was opened up, it pretty much exploded again. Yeah, yeah everyone just packed just it exploded. up. Just exploded. Well, closing, I mean, right? during the pandemic now, we also now have a new wave of DJs that are streamers, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people that didn't DJ in clubs started DJing streaming. So there's like this whole new side Absolutely. of yeah. music, right? And it's going to be really interesting because... I'm curious, you know, if a lot of people that necessarily didn't go out to club shows will now do so because they've been watching these artists grow online. Yeah. But now they'll have the opportunity to hopefully see them in person. And I feel like that's going to be very, it's going to be cool. I'm excited. I wonder if there'll ever be some weird little nightclub that there's not actually a DJ on site that is just a screen. And the DJs are wherever they are in their I mean, fucking homes. That may happen. <laughs> you, you, you know, know what I mean? that, like, that yeah. may, you never know. That also right? may be the new normal for if um, for clubs that want to have international artists, international big names, because where they can't travel, where they can't travel, they because can't travel. yeah, that that Just may blow up very screens well. Everywhere, yeah, you, you never know, dear. You? you never know. You I know? think um, right. with new DJs that have been streamers and a bit of thing. I think a good as a warm up DJ. Because you, you know, I know it sounds a bit petty, and I don't mean it to sound petty, but they're not really got a crowd to read. 
And a good way to be a warm up DJ is to learn and read the crowd, not to go from zero to 100. To be a good DJ, you need to be Yeah, the and I think yeah. a good, a good way to crowd, get people who are streamers yeah. say, hey, I can get you to do a warm up set, yeah. learn to read the crowd, and then we'll work our way up you know, from that. And then it's yeah. a good way to introduce them, I think, to the club life. For sure. I agree with that, and I don't at the same time. Cause mm-hmm. to be Again, I don't honest, want to be snobby about it. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. It's not snobby at all. Yeah. But for me, it's kind of like, I I hope this doesn't come rude, but some people are just fucking horrible at DJing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And oh, fuck, uh, oh, fuck, yeah. some people are fucking horrible at producing music. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, but the people that are producers that can produce might not be good DJs and vice versa. Someone mm-hmm. that can yeah. DJ oh, very well. Sure. But then you have the unicorns, you know, once in a blue moon that can do both. Yeah. And I've honestly can say like probably like a handful of people that I know can actually successfully do both things. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just kind of like where you find where to place those people, you know? So I think, I guess it's just a matter of like seeing how those people are mm-hmm. and kind of deciding. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. No, I totally agree, yeah. But yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'm definitely very interested to see how DJs that started from the streaming side will now be going into like the club life side. If they, side. Can, trans- if they yeah. can transition. If they can transition, yeah. But yeah. I also how feel like, and, yeah. yeah, I feel like streaming will stick around for a long time. Oh, I do now too. You know, I do. clubs might not be accessible to every person. No. So. No, I think yeah. it's become part of that kind of whole social media, Instagram-y yeah. thing. Like if you're a, an artist now, you can stream to everyone. You don't have to leave your house. Yeah. And you can hit a big yeah. audience, bigger than you probably could in some of your clubs. You know what I mean? Uh, you like, know, think about it. If you if you played in Gorgamish, yep. you're going to play in front of 200 people on one of your nights, maybe 300 on another night. If you're a streaming DJ, if you get a bit of a following and a few more clicks, you might be streaming to fucking 3,000 people yeah, live. It's mm-hmm. true. Just on Facebook. It's true. Right? You know. And, and you may never have played anywhere. Yeah. Right? And, you know, a lot of people ask me, like, why didn't TS Events do any streams where you had artists play? And... You know, honestly, the streams, to be quite frank, like made me super depressed. I stopped watching streams. I stopped too. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, no, it's I all good. But thing. I started drinking like a lot more during the pandemic and I just fucking hated it. I was like, this is so depressing. This is just like a reminder of the life that I had and it's now gone. So I just stopped watching streams altogether. Yeah, and for me, streaming is fun and all, but for me, the whole point of it was being in the dance floor like Mm -hmm. in the club like with people and like holding my drink in my hand with people like there was all these like little things that i'm like no i hate streaming but at the same time like i appreciate streaming because people with like health conditions that don't necessarily let them go out or financial situations or maybe they're too far away they can still enjoy that and from there but for myself like i was like no I can't do this. I this is something that I am not willing to become a part of or willing to accept that this is what it mm-hmm. is. I'm going to be stubborn and wait here until mm-hmm. like this part of my life comes back. So I did I did a couple of streams at the very beginning and then I stopped cuz everyone started doing them and I was just like, well, I'm good. Like every single man and his dog was doing a DJ stream. Yeah. So I probably did 3. And I totally agree with you. If I was someone that couldn't go out, I would still love that. But to be honest with you, rather than like here I was in my kitchen in Langley doing a mix for my buddies. Yeah. 
But if it was a live stream of a big name DJ in a club or doing a boiler room or do, doing something like that, yeah, I'd watch that all night long. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like 100%. Even if, even if I couldn't go to watch Carl Cox mm-hmm. or Richie Horton, mm-hmm. any of those big names. Yeah. I'd appreciate that I could, it's like watching a fucking live concert. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. It's the same thing. Like I think it has its place. Yeah. It, it depends how it's being used. Yeah. And honestly, right? I feel like streamers or people that stream should be paid for that too because they are still providing a service. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some artists, you know, were doing stream sets where you had to pay for an entry because they had actual production and stuff and people were complaining online and I'm like, no, 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 no. There's, there's time, time being there's put time. into this. There's time. There's people. There's people. There's people. There's people. There's people. There's equipment. Pay. There's yeah. time. There's people. There's... Exactly. And right? I feel like people are a little bit, hopefully, better about it now. But yeah, like at the beginning of the pandemic, I watched a few streams and I was like, everyone keep your hopes up. Events are coming back soon. Mm-hmm. And then third month in, I'm like, no. Nightlife is not coming back. And my this is just career me. is gone. This is pissing me off. I'm mm-hmm. upset. Like I literally was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm drinking too much. Like this is getting to me so bad. I completely stopped. I turned off social media. I was like, you know, removed like TS events and everything like off of my phone because I was like, I can't look at this. Like this mm-hmm. doesn't exist anymore. And I just kind of went into like my hole of like depression and just kind of was like, nope, bye. Like that's it, kind of thing. Okay. Um, so to cut you off there, I no. just think with going to live events, as you said, we need that human interaction to, yeah. to enjoy stuff, right? I know, on the, like you said, watching it on the screen is can be depressing. That's why you switched off. That's why we, we all did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need that human interaction. Yeah. So I, I definitely, definitely think we do need that. Hopefully it's all going to go back to normal Yeah. Um, over here. But one thing I did want to say that I remember was when you do open up Gorgamish, and you do go back to normal with with Gorgamish. I think should you do a documentary, like a video of you opening the club back up with the big reveal, stepping back into it, and see your reaction of everything. Honestly, I've, I've I'm definitely gonna record us going through it because I'm one of those people that's like a sucker for having things on video mm-hmm. um, sometimes. But yeah, I um. It's definitely going to be like a very emotional thing because we don't know how things are going to go. We know that we might be able to open and then how will it be with having patrons in? Um, I mean, personally for myself, I went to an event a couple weeks ago and it was an outdoor event. And I actually had like really bad anxiety. Like I was at the entrance with my friend and I was like, hey, like I'm actually like feeling my heart like racing because I'm not used to just being in a crowd of people again with a bunch of strangers. Because, you know, over the last two years, we're like, stay away from everyone yeah. and get someone stay sick, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So it was just like, okay, no, you used to this all the time. You're fine. Like you're outside. Just take a deep breath. And like, and then I was like, okay. So, I, yeah, I feel like definitely probably going to record something. Um, but if you want a hand recording some I was gonna stuff. I was going to say, Craig, I know, I know a couple of guys that have cameras. Okay. <laughs> and a microphone. Do I happen yeah. to know these guys? Yeah. 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 They're a pair of pricks. You won't like them. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to yeah. say. <laughs> no, I definitely will. I'll have to ask the crew for sure. But, um, Yeah. That's gonna be a, it's gonna be a very emotional thing for oh, for me for sure, sure and I'm sure for everyone else too. Yeah, yeah. we've yeah. just been waiting. So yeah, yeah. 
Oh, I think we'll uh, wrap it up there. And yeah. thanks so much for coming. Thank in. you so Yay. much for coming on the show yeah. today. Thanks Tansy. so much for having me. Oh, I mate. know we go off topic a little bit here and there, but no, it's That's been the whole a blast. Point of it, really. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> it's been a blast. Yeah. It's I feel like we could chat. just sit here and chat for a while more, yeah. actually. But you know, yeah. Do you like totally our orange can. seats? Pardon me. Do you like our orange seats? I am into these chairs. Only you actually got like, the budget one. We should have given but, you this one. You but got, I like you, that it matches like my hair. But you didn't get the little. You these didn't were get free. The, I had to pay for that one. <laughs> oh no, I love I love all of the decor. I'm really into. I, I'm just. I honestly love what you guys are doing. And Thank um, you very much. yeah, Thank I'm really you. like super appreciate you guys having me on here. Oh no, man. Really and, appreciate um, you coming on. It's been yeah, a blast. Hopefully, get somewhere because we put time and effort into it, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, anyways, to those that are watching, I just did want to quickly add in that um, yeah. if you are watching this and, you know, events is something that you are interested in doing or, you know, you want advice or anything, uh, I'm sure the guys will post my social media. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So please don't hesitate to reach out. Um, I would love to give anyone advice or help you in any way that I can. I know what it was like That's getting awesome. my foot through the door and I had so many awesome people helping me and i just want to be able to give that in any kind of way so oh mate that's really nice of you. yeah i'm sure yeah, that, no, that, that, there might yeah. be a few people that reach out to you but of yeah course. we'll put your links up and we'll yeah. do all that yeah we'll do all and again appreciate you coming so, in of course thanks so much for having me thanks Thank very, very much, much. Okay.